Good morning, everybody. How are we doing? Awesome. Some nice 915 energy. I walk out here and I see the title of the sermon. I just want to let you know right off the bat, I did not come up with this. Sit tight. We'll get to this uh, here in just a moment. Uh, if we haven't met yet, my name is Nick. Uh, I have the honor of serving here as our community pastor. And I always look forward to getting to share God's word uh, with you. And just grateful uh, to Dave and Austin for some reason trusting me to be able to share um, this morning. Uh, hopefully, none of you in the room remember the last time I stood up here and, and preached God's word to you. Um, because the date was March 8, 2020. Uh, and then something happened. I can't remember what happened <laughs> right after. I'm having a hard time remembering. Um, someone came up to me and, and told me, like, man, you shut the world down, which I took as a compliment. Um, but I just wanted to say, you know, uh, you haven't really got to hear from me about, you know, how we've handled the pandemic. I just want you to know from just a regular old staff member, um, how proud I am and really all of our staff are for the way that our church has handled this. It's been really challenging and difficult. Uh, we are led by some amazing elders who have met every single week for the last 15, 16 months, praying, discerning how God would want us to, to handle this unique new situation. And then also, too, we're just really honored to, to pastor and people like you who have been so gracious and handled this and, and you've been flexible and we changed service times 25,000 times and you're like, you're here for it. Uh, and we just really appreciate that uh, about you. Um, you know, we just finished a series uh, called Songs, where Austin did an amazing job. And then next week, we're starting a new series, uh, Studying the Life of Joseph. Dave's going to walk us through that. We're really excited about that. And so I kind of had a, you know, a blank canvas. Uh, that Austin just said, talk about whatever you feel led to talk about. And what I want to talk about today, we just put such an emphasis on that we've actually uh, in, incorporated this into our membership class, Discover the Vista, because we want all of our people here at Vista to really grasp uh, what I'm going to be talking about today. And we're going to be in Hebrews chapter 10. Uh, if you need a Bible, there's some right back here by the sound booth, and you can just keep that uh, as a gift to you. Um, Hebrews is a fascinating book, and since we're not doing kind of a deep dive into Hebrews, just to catch you up on kind of the purpose of why this letter was written, uh, we don't know who the author is, but the, it was well circulated in the early church. Um, and it was written to Jewish Christians who were facing immense persecution, and they were tempted. And many of them were walking away from Jesus. And so the writer here writes this letter to encourage them, even in the midst of difficulties, press in. Don't walk away from Jesus, but to draw near. And he's going to spend time, because he knew they were struggling to go back to kind of the old sacrificial system and, and not honoring the sacrifice of Christ. And so the writer just simply says, Jesus is not just a carpenter's son. He's the son of God who has become your sacrifice once and for all. And he is your high priest now and forever. And so he encourages not to walk away, but to draw near. So we're going to be in Hebrews chapter 10, uh, starting in verse 21. <clears throat> And it says, And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed in pure water. Let us hold on to the confession of our hope without wavering, since he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another to provoke love and good works, not neglecting to gather together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other all the more as you see <clears throat> the day approaching. And so the first thing that stands out to me here is that these people who are facing intense persecution from family, from government, and they're being tempted to walk away from Jesus. It's a very hard time. And what this writer is going to say is that's not a time to draw back from Jesus. No matter how much you're struggling right now, 
you should draw near because he is your high priest. He has made a way. There's nothing to earn no matter what you've done. And if you're anything like me, that's good news to hear because over the last 15 months, I have not been building the best rhythms. I've been affected uh, by this pandemic like probably many of you. And so it's a, a word that we need to hear no matter what you've done the last 15 years. Maybe you've just prayed every day and read your Bible for five hours a day. Way to go. I'm, we're proud of you. But if you're like me, you've struggled in your faith. And maybe some of us have been tempted to, to ask, is this even worth it? And what I want to encourage you today is, even with those doubts and frustration, God's word to you today is draw near. You have a high priest. It doesn't matter how strong you feel in your faith right now, how nonchalant you feel right now. Austin talked to us that you may be nonchalant about your faith. You may not be prioritizing it, but God wants you to draw near to him. And he has made a way once and for all for you to do that. The second thing that stands out to me is how do we as the church, how do we as people, as Christ followers, how do we continue to draw near um, to Jesus? Most of us think um, of these first two that I'm going to mention, but really I'm going to point out the third one to you. So we draw near to God through his word, through his spirit, and through his people, the church. The word of God is vitally important, and we need to be people who are shaped by scripture. We need to be people who are filled with the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. Romans 8 talks about how our bodies have been made alive together with Christ, and it's by his power that we're able to live. And Galatians 5 talks about bearing fruit. We can't bear the kind of fruit we need to bear unless we are saturated, filled, and led by the Holy Spirit. So we need his, his word, his spirit, but we also need people. God works through his people, the church. And that's not vista, uh, this building, it's you and it's me. So how does uh, God work through his people, the church? Let's look at that text again, or kind of a snapshot. Uh, verses 22 through 24, it says, Let us draw near, let us hold on to hope, and let us consider one another. There's these three kind of let us's, if you will, which tells me that faith is not something we get to do all by ourselves on our own. Yes, you need a private, personal relationship with Jesus. You can't depend on the faith of friends and your parents or your grandparents. You need your own faith, but your faith cannot terminate on you. It's got to involve other people. So you need a personal relationship with Jesus, uh, but you also need a shared relationship with Jesus, with a community of people who help each other follow him more faithfully. When you look throughout the New Testament, there's all these commands about one another. We call them the one another's, right? Serve one another, love one another, pray for one another, forgive one another, bear one another's burdens. All of these one another's. It takes other people being there. And then the one we're going to talk about today, even provoke one another, which is not something I'm particularly fond of. I don't like being provoked by people, but listen, uh, verse 24 says, let us consider one another in order so we consider in order to provoke to love and good works. And provoke is a strong word, y'all. And people provoke us all the time. And I bet if you're anything like me, you don't enjoy it. And in fact, just to do a little test, I'm going to do my top three list of ways Nick Falwell is provoked. And let's see, when I, when I say something that provokes you, just give me a look. At, mm -hmm. All right, number three, we'll do these in order. Number three, you're at the store and someone's walking by and they're talking on their phone, but they don't have headphones on or their phone up to their ear. They're on speakerphone. Anyone? Thank you. And the best part about this is they're like in an argument or something and like you hear 
the whole thing because the person's on speakerphone. And then you kind of lean in like, oh, I wonder what's about to happen. And then they act offended like you're buttoning into their business. Like, bro, you just invited everyone in HEB into this conversation. Get off speakerphone. All right, good. Some of you provoked by people. The other one, um, let's say you're walking in a mall, if people <clears throat> still do that. Um, and let's say there's a group of people walking in front of you at just a, let's call it a gingerly pace. But they're not like walking in a way that you can get around them. It's like they're playing Red Rover and they're stretched out 45 feet and you're just like, ain't no one coming over. No one's breaking through those lines. And you're provoked and you're just like, well, I guess I'll get to Dillard's in about an hour when they get there. Okay, anyone? Yes, thank you. I am not alone. Thank you, Lord. Here's the next one. This is number one. Let's say you're in a conversation, maybe a bit of an argument, and you feel pretty calm and relaxed about the whole thing, and you're just making some good points. You're just like, yep, I won that argument. And the person that you are not debating, but just having a conversation says, you know what you need to do? You just need to calm down. Oh, my. And none of y'all wanted to say calm down because you know you told your spouse or your best friend that like yesterday. And you're like, no, I don't do that. There is nothing that takes me from zero to ten provoked than that right there. I'm like, I cannot stand. I was calm. I'm not anymore. Not anymore. I guess we're doing this thing. Um, and if I still didn't get you on that one, if, you, if you're a parent or a grandparent, I know this one right here will get you every time. Mama. 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 Ma. Ma, 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 mom, 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 mommy, mommy, mama, mama, mama. What? Hi. <laughs> yeah, so y'all have all experienced this. I see you up there hitting like, yeah, that's you right there. Okay. We don't like being provoked. It makes us uneasy. It's not fun, Okay. But I want you to consider something. The writer of Hebrews, they know they're going through difficult circumstances. And he says, you know what? You know what we need to do? We need to draw near. We need to consider one another so that we can provoke each other. That's a strong word. There's something very clearly being communicated here. When we gather together, whenever we gather, whether it's corporate or small groups or one-on-one, one of our primary roles is we should consider and provoke one another to love and good works. Now, just a little caveat here, because some of you are like getting real excited, like, yes, my, one of my pastors is letting me know I can provoke people, right? This is not a license to judgment and unfair criticism, especially with people you do not know. So Facebook warriors, okay, like, stop. You should not be provoking people on Facebook. It, you, you don't know them. God has not called you to provoke people you do not know. A lot of times people say, well, I have to get to the sermon. And really, it's like a license. It's like, no, you're just a jerk. You're just a jerk. And, you know, a lot of times that's the biggest indicator of pride. And the word Jesus would have for you is you should take the beam of wood out of your eye before you try to go around fixing the splinter in everyone else's eye. So not a license to unfairly criticize people. <clears throat> um, Ephesians 4.29 says it this way. It says, no, let no uh, foul language should come from your mouth, but only what is good for building up someone in need so that it gives grace to those who hear. That word foul is not like your favorite four-letter word you say when you stump your toe. Okay? It, it, it literally means speech that causes decay to other people. So this is not a license to be a jerk or be judgmental or critical. It's an opportunity to build each other up. And the type 
of provoking that's called here can only be done in the context of close, personal relationships built over time. Because we are not called to provoke people into anger and frustration like the video and the examples that I gave you. We are called, our primary calling is to provoke one another to love and good works, not to anger. And so how do we provoke people? Uh, Scripture, will line it out and we'll cover it here in just a second. We gather together, we consider one another, and we provoke, not with strong words of malice or, or judgment, but with encouragement. Let's look at our passage again. Hebrews 10, 24 through 25. It says, Let us consider one another in order to provoke love and good works, not neglecting to gather together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other and all the more as you see the day approaching. So the first thing that we are called to do as believers, if we want to continually draw near to God, remember, keep that in the back of your mind. This is not like a checklist to do. This is how we're instructed to continue to draw near to God, especially in difficult seasons. We gather, we consider one another, we encourage each other. So the first thing we gather, we've got to show up. Listen, 2020 uh, threw a wrench in a lot of our plans. I was supposed to go to Disneyland. That didn't happen, okay? Like, and a lot of us, like, it just, it kind of threw us off balance. And we have a hard time, myself included, of showing up, not just for the corporate gathering, but showing up to group or showing up to whatever that is. We've spent a while developing some bad habits. And y'all, there's no judgment coming from this side of the room. I promise you, I've fallen in to some of those patterns. But remember, the word is draw near. Now's the time. Just draw near. And one way we do that is we gather. It's so important to be here singing songs, hearing God's word, to be building those relationships. And when you are not here, your presence is felt. You may not think it's not felt, but it's felt. And when we get too busy or distracted to show up in a group and we're like, ah, no one's going to miss me, people will miss you because you are called to be there and help provoke people to love and good works. Your people need you. You need to be the type of person who is provoking people, not with mom, mom, mommy, but hey, you can do this. Keep following Jesus. Let's keep going. Let's, let's pray together. Let's, let's encourage each other. So we have to gather. The second thing is we've got to consider one another. This is why I said it. we're not called to provoke people we don't know. Paul said, I have no business critiquing those who are not uh, in the house of God. There's no business. But when we gather together, I'm going to consider you. I'm called. You are called as a believer to get to know people so well that you know how to encourage them. You've got to get to know what makes them tick. What are their struggles? What are they excited about? What are their spiritual gifts? Hey, let's get, let's get more of that. Let's provoke you to, to love and good works. If you're great with children, man, I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to provoke you. Go serving kids. Like if you're a generous person, keep being generous. Don't let the pandemic affect you. Keep going. I'm going to provoke you to love and good works. But if you're anything like me, I don't like to be provoked by people I don't know as per my list at the mall and grocery store, right? And you're probably the same way. This is something that can only be done with time and effort, showing up consistently and considering one another. We tell our new members uh, that go through Discover the Vista this important, necessary uh, mindset that community is built. It is not found. This is not something that we just show up and like, hey, I guess we're best friends now. Let me tell you the darkest secret about myself. What about yours? 
This is something that we have to invest in. And sometimes it takes months and even years. When your kid has a birthday party, guess who's there with the party hat on? You, right? If someone's in the hospital, you're there for them. You, we we uh, develop these relationships through time and through effort. And it's why small groups here at Vista, you're going to hear us talk about it all the time. Because small group is where these relationships are built. It's not something we naturally seek out. And so we, we structure our church in such a way that we don't just come and sing songs and leave, but we go into homes every single week and we share our lives, we share a meal, we share our sin and our struggles. And this is Jesus' plan to bring the kingdom to earth. You can read about it in Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. Jesus said, all right, go and make disciples. And you know what their grand plan was? They went to homes, they shared meals, they shared their lives, and they shared their faith. And y'all, enough people did that over a long enough period of time that you're sitting in your seat today. Because people, believers, got together. They considered one another so that they could provoke love and good works. So once you've done the work of gathering and considering, then you can do the work of encouraging, which is where real growth, spiritual maturity happens. Even in the midst, it doesn't matter what the circumstances are, good times, bad times. If you've got people in your corner who are considering you, and if you're one of those people, you will continue to spur them or provoke them to love and good works. Hebrews uh, chapter 3. So our third way is we encourage. Hebrews 3.13 says, but encourage each other daily while it is still called today so that none of you is hardened by sin's deception. So one of the primary ways that we draw near to God and one of the primary strategies in the midst of this persecution, the author of Hebrews says, you know what we need to do? We need to encourage each other daily while it's still called today. So one of the primary ways we draw near is through encouragement. And here's the thing that's profound. God wants to use your words to draw other people closer to him. There is a sense of urgency, right? We saw in the video, the mom was provoked to anger, right? There was a, there was a sense of persistence. We're not called to provoke to anger, right? But uh, we do that as kids. We provoke our parents to get what we want. But as we mature in our faith, what we want shouldn't be uh, focused on ourselves, but it should be building up our brothers and sisters. And so we're persistent in encouraging every single day, if it, that's what it takes. Because y'all, you know, look around. You probably experienced this. 2020 and 2021 hadn't been a, you know, walk in the park either, right? It's been hard on all of us. You have people in your life, people that you know dearly, who need to hear your words to help point them to Jesus. I don't know why God chooses to work this way, but it's clear he works through his word, he works through his spirit, and he works through his people, the church, which is you. That sense of urgency, we must have our eyes open and constantly considering one another. And sometimes it's a simple word of encouragement, like, hey, listen, I see you struggling with your kids. I know it's hard to be a parent, but keep going. You've got it. But what Hebrews 3 is getting at, and again, the reason why this letter was written, is that people were being tempted to walk away, and the writer actually compares the people who are walking away from faith. He draws this parallel um, to Israel's journey in the wilderness, the 40 years. And he's saying, listen, when, you, when you're in this time of testing and, and frustration and you aren't drawing near, we're going to be tempted to walk away. And that's the time it's as important as ever to encourage each other. But again, we don't encourage people we don't know. We can, 
but it's going to be more vague. What the scripture's talking about here is getting to know people well enough you can speak into their lives from a sense of trust and authority. One, uh, one of the things my small group does periodically is we, uh, this confessional guy that we call the Get Honest Questions. Uh, one of the things that we do, we'll, we'll split up maybe once a month. The guys will go into a room, the, the ladies will go into another, and we'll just walk through this. And we tell the truth about ourselves. You know, we got nothing to hide. Um, we know that we're forgiven by Jesus, and he wants to bring freedom and healing into our lives. And so we invite other people into that through vulnerability and confession and transparency. And I know that I have personally been affected by this. You know, I was in a group for four or five years before I ever really started to let people in. And about uh, two years ago, I opened up to my group about my struggle with anxiety. And a lot of that stems from just people pleasing. I, I need everyone to like me for whatever reason. Don't know why. Uh, please do, by the way. Um, <clears throat> but one of my friends, he knows this about me. And we were starting a class here at the church on a Sunday morning that I was overseeing. And I was just a nervous wreck. All the work had been put in. I was ready to go. Had some amazing leaders. They're actually sitting around here. You're awesome. We're starting FPU. And I was just freaking out for whatever reason. Just anxiety. And my buddy John, who I've shared with, uh, comes up to him and puts his arm around me. He's like, stop. This is not, this is not okay. You're, you're worrying for no reason. Everything's in place. You've got amazing leaders. You're just worrying because you need everyone to go well. So you look good. I'm like... No, don't. But he's so right. I want you to think about if you're an HEB and someone walks up to you that you don't know and they say something similar, what's your response going to be? Thank you. Thank you so much. You know what? You're right. I really appreciate that. My kid's throwing cereal everywhere, but yeah, I'm worried about what you think. Thank you so much. Like, that doesn't happen. You're not that way. I'm not that way. But if someone who loves you that you have spent years building relationship, walks up and puts their arm around you. You know they're encouraging you not to tear you down, but to build you up. And that's what we need now more than ever. And that can only happen in the context, again, of those close personal relationships. And so we gather, we consider, and then we encourage. And uh, just for a moment, I want to talk to our small groups. I get to talk to our small group leaders often. Um, I don't always get to talk to the whole small group. And we, we see Vista as not a church with small groups, but a church of small groups, okay? And so what I would tell you is these type conversations need to be happening in your group. Proverbs 27, 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, one, one person sharpens another. This is what we do week in and week out in small groups. And guess what? Sometimes it creates friction. But guess what? That's, that friction on that iron is what's sharpening each other. And when you have a close relationship with them, you're able to build trust, and you know they're just trying to point you to Jesus. So these conversations, if they're not going to happen in a small group, they're not going to happen. And if you're in a small group, this isn't just on your leader to do. You are called to provoke one another to love and good works. And if you don't have these people in your life, you need to be that for other people, but you also need that for yourself. So I would say if you're not in a small group, you, you need to get in one. You need people. And maybe you, you are in a small group, you haven't been in a while. You need, to, you need to go back. You need to gather. It's how God chooses to work. He works through his word. He works through his spirit. And he works through his people, the church. He works through you. And I know it can be scary to walk in to a stranger's home. I, that's not lost on me. When I say go join a small group, I'm saying go into a stranger's house. And it's going to be awkward. You know why? Because you're awkward. Everyone in that group is probably awkward. We've all got our quirks. 
But when you put in the time and the effort, when you build community, not just stumble into it, you'll develop these type of relationships. And they'll sharpen you. They'll provoke you to love and good works, and they'll do it with encouragement. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your grace and mercy, God. You, you're a good God, and your mercy endures forever. God, we acknowledge that, you know, the past you know, weeks, months, years, whatever it is, um, maybe we haven't been living up to who we know that you call us to be. But God, you're not here to shame us. You're here to draw us near. God, and we pray that you would surround us with people who have eyes to see, to provoke us to love and good works, and that we would grow up in our faith, that we would be mature, and we would be the type of people that step into these conversations, knowing, God, that it's to build up and not to tear down. Give us the courage to seek out these relationships, Lord, because we know at the end of the day, it's not, it's not just so we can have some friends on the periphery, periphery of our life. This is how you draw us near, and you want more than anything. You want us to enter into a thriving, full relationship with Jesus. And we do that through your word, through the power of your Holy Spirit, and through your people, the church. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.